2: Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN with Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Carriker and Kevin Seifert of ESPN.com has a highly in-depth piece about the life and death of the XFL. It's up right now at ESPN.com and Kevin is with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Mr. Seifert, thanks so much for taking some time with us this morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you all? Everything's good here in St. Louis.
0: We're doing well, Kevin. Um, First question for you. So the XFL obviously had some early success, especially here in St. Louis. And even when the pandemic hit, it seems like everyone you spoke to and you put this in the piece still had confidence. It seems like they were getting reassurances that that indeed would happen. Can you explain to us at what point it went from, okay, we're coming back in 2021 to, okay, we filed bankruptcy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Probably the the biggest factor was them, the XFL, trying to project whether their 2021 window would still exist. Um, And by that, I mean the NFL in in normal years and college football in normal years would play in the fall. And the whole idea behind the XFL was to sort of grab uh, the the hardcore 30 to 40 million NFL and college football fans who, when the Super Bowl was over, are still dying for more football. So they wanted to be able to start right back up in February of 2021. But especially in April, this this past April, um, there was no assurances, and there really is still no assurances, that the NFL season would be played on time or that the college football season would be played on time. So it was, it was starting to seem, uh, I think, within the XFL offices that it was quite possible that they would have – there would be a pileup and they would lose their window that, that the NFL would, would move their season back and the Super Bowl could go, who knows, into the end of February and college football would uh, be around the same time. And, and they would lose that window. So if you're sitting there after having played five games and you've, uh, you, know, you don't know whether you'll be able to even get back on the field within the next year, then I think they started to be concerned about the long- term financial uh, uh, trend with the league. And so I think that's what ultimately, if there was, there's a lot of reasons, but that was the biggest one is that they had no idea at the time when or if they could get back on the field.
2: Kevin, I know there, there are a lot of St. Louis Battlehawks fans. They had a pretty myopic view, and it, it's reasonable. They, they were cheering for their team and not keeping an eye on the other seven franchises in the XFL. But it, it seems like from your reporting that the, the Battlehawks were kind of the flagship franchise economically for the league. How much better were they doing than the other teams in the league?
1: Yeah, I think they. I think the number was they accounted for about a third of the total revenue of the league, and it's obviously eight teams plus, you know, other sor- sources of revenue as well. So, uh, you know, they while they were averaging almost thirty thousand um, uh, uh, people per game, you, know, you had. Franchises in the two big biggest cities in the country, LA and New York, and they were at like 13 or 14 thousand per game, so more than doubling the attendance. Um, And not to be, that wasn't a surprise. I don't think to anyone it was going to take much longer to make headway in markets like New York and LA, uh, and even in Dallas, where there's already so many uh, you know pro football teams, multiple pro football teams in LA and New York, and, and every other sport as well. And I think they understood from the start that St. Louis had the potential to be an early and very special market, given the departure of the Rams, given the way high school football had sort of uh, seen a resurgence in in attendance uh, after the Rams left, given the Blues' success and just given the, the sports market in general. They thought there was a lot of really unique factors that could make St. Louis at least be able to lead the way, um and 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 drive revenues and drive popularity for the league until the rest of the markets caught up
0: kevin yeah it was an undisputed success here it was amazing but as you as you mentioned the top two markets not drawing as much when you look at all of the different factors combined television ratings revenue generation etc can you say that you think the xfl was successful slash that it would have been successful moving forward
1: I think they had, you know, I think what they felt, and, and I wouldn't dispute this, that they felt like they had a, they were on their way to a uh, successful first season. Um, and by that I mean, uh, you know, TV ratings that, uh, you know, while they, they started off very high and then they went down each week. Quite possibly would have rebounded because they had a, most of their games were going to be on either ABC or Fox as opposed to ESPN or ESPN two or FS one and so they had a pretty good chance for uh, ratings uh, rebound. They had a, a I think that the, the quality of play most people agreed was was improving over the course of each week. Some teams that had started off with quarterbacks that weren't that uh, weren't working out had already replaced them and there was starting to be a sense that in a lot of ways. The same way as the NFL season goes, it was going to be more interesting and better quality of play as the season went on. So I think, you know, I I wouldn't go so far to say they indisputably proved that that they were going to be a long term success or that spring football can definitely work um, in this country. But I think they were uh, on their way to to having a, a better first season than any of the other. Uh, spring football uh, leagues we've seen attempted, really, since since the AFL-NFL merger.
2: How would you categorize, Kevin, Kevin Seaford of ESPN.com with us on 101 ESPN, how would you categorize the chances of the XFL playing another snap, somebody buying it out of bankruptcy and getting teams on the field?
1: I think, from what I understand and my reporting, I think there's a pretty good chance that somebody or some company is going to buy uh, the XFL brand and the intellectual property. And if they do, they'll inherit a plan that had already been um, in the works before bankruptcy was declared, which was to have a sort of uh, similar to what the NBA is doing, a, a bubble-type environment where all eight XFL teams would be in one city, a lot like they were in training camp in Houston this past year, and they would just play each other in without fans or with very few fans on sort of a made for TV type league. And so I think, I think it's a very good chance someone buys them. And I think they'll have a, they'll have a shot, a decent shot at being able to put together um, that type of bubble league, especially if the NBA um, and maybe the, uh, you know, some other sports uh, demonstrate that that can work uh, in the meantime. But there is definitely momentum. I, I in talking to the to the brokerage house that's running the bankruptcy sale, like over thirty interested parties signed non-disclosure agreements to at least look into the finances and determine whether it was a good investment. And given the economy and the and the state of of affairs in the country, um, if you're somebody who believes in in buying low, uh, there's probably a decent chance you could buy the XFL brand name and and the other things that come with it at a pretty decent price.
2: And Kevin, you saw that report before, uh, when the word came out that McMahon might want to be, want to buy it at a discount, buy the league at a discount out of uh, bankruptcy himself, he had instructed league officials to, Try to renew the leases here in St. Louis and in Seattle. You talked about the pod concept. Uh, Once we get past the pandemic, if somebody buys it, could you envision a scenario in which there's a new XFL where uh, you, you take the St. Louis model? And you mentioned this, not using NFL cities, but go to San Diego, go to Oakland, go to Orlando, go to Birmingham and try to build it that way.
1: There's definitely something to be said for that, and making it sort of the AAA model. I think that's what Kurt Hunziker, uh, you know, the, the former Battlehawks president, referred to it as, that sort of the AAA concept, and really capitalize on that. There's other people who think that, uh, you know, the bigger the market, the more people you have uh, a chance to, to cultivate. So I think there's it'll depend on who those owners are, but yeah, and, and it would depend on whether they only you know, what their ambition levels are too. It's really expensive to have a cross country uh football league Mm -hmm. in terms of things like workers compensation and insurance and stadium leases and all the things that go into it uh the the bubble concept is is a lot cheaper and you know may not be as interesting and and it doesn't open as many revenue sources as it would if you're selling tickets in various stadiums across the country but It'll really depend on the owners. But if they if the new owners want to, you know, in 2022 or some other time expand out, uh, I think the St. Louis model will be one that they they would be it would be very unwise to not uh, study and emulate as much as they can.
0: Kevin, I think when we all first heard that the XFL was going to happen, especially here in St. Louis, a lot of people were suspect, but then they said, "Okay, Oliver Luck's going to be running this deal. And as he said, he doesn't do gimmicks. So we knew that if he was taking this seriously, that the chances for success were greater. Well, obviously, uh, per your piece, we know that he is suing Vince McMahon for wrongful termination, et cetera. And even under new ownership, I don't wonder if a lot of people look at what happened with Oliver Luck and uh, that good talent that might want to come to the xfl whether it's from an organizational standpoint or whatever might be turned off because a guy like oliver luck got burned in the xfl
1: yeah and that's sort of the double-edged sword of buying the xfl brand you know you buy the brand because people immediately know what that means that means spring football it means the, you know it'll draw memories of the of the things that happened this in this past season but on the other hand um a lot you know both of the both of the previous xfls have ended after uh one season in this case less than one season and and in this case uh ended with a lot of lawsuits you know Oliver Luff, i Luck, i totally agree with with your assessment there that uh, you know when when vince mcmahon first announced it was to the xfl 2.0 no one had any idea what that meant did it mean it was gonna you know were they there was Series that it was going to be a league that would have no uh, you know, safety rules and everybody just, you know, football from back in the old days. You know, who knows what his idea was? But when they hired Oliver Luck and, and, and in order to lure him, they had to, to, to guarantee him a very lucrative contract. Uh, it was a five year deal up to $35 million. Um, but when he agreed to do that, you said, okay, this, this, is, this is going to be a real football league and it's going to be done the right way. And I think everyone to a person involved in the league uh, felt that that was the case. That doesn't mean that the new owners can't find someone who also brings, you know, a level of confidence and credibility, but it's I don't know that it would be somebody with a, with a name and, and and recognition of an Oliver Luck.
2: Kevin Seifert, one last note for you. We had two St. Louis Battlehawks home games. I have three St. Louis Battlehawks shirts. <laughs> I have more shirts than they had home games in their existence.
1: Yeah, I think they were uh, – I, I, <laughs> That's you, you should keep, hold on to those, and uh, I'm sure they'll be collector's items, and hopefully there'll be uh, XFL there once again for you to be able to wear them at the next game.
2: Michelle is wearing one right now. I'm it's wh- literally wearing
0: a Battlehawk <laughs> shirt right now, Kevin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Great.
1: Glad to hear that.
2: Great stuff. Great work. And we advise everybody to go to ESPN.com and check out your great reporting about the XFL. Kevin, thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it.
1: Yes, thanks for having me.